You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 34 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined by our social media manager. It is Mr. James Healy. Hello, James. How are you? Very well, Ian. How are you? Flat. Flat? I'm flat. I'm flatter than a, a flat earther who's got a bottom floor flat and is standing on a flat box. That's how flat I am. That is quite flat. I did hear there was a special day for you today. Um, that's not the reason I'm flat. No, you're right. It's my wedding anniversary. No, that's, lift me, that's lifted me up, I can safely say. Now, the reason I'm flat is obviously both of our clubs went out the FA Vars. Yeah, I was um, listening to your commentary. A uh, uh, big disappointment over the weekend because hoping both teams go through for all tour station Western League fixture in the next round, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that was part of the problem, to be honest with you, that, you know, it was that classic sort of cup analogy, you know, of having your eye on the next round. You know, and on paper, I mean, I'd never heard of Flackwell Heath before the game against Parkway, and we knew that United Services Portsmouth were a step six side, and we know how good Tavistock are. So, you know, our top two sides, obviously, we'd sort of, psychologically, I think a fair few people in the league had convinced themselves that we were going to get that all-Western League quarter-final, you know, setting up a semi-final place for one of our clubs, you know, a repeat of what Bitten managed last season. But, um, you know, it wasn't to be at the end of the day. Football can be a, a cruel mistress. And, um, you know, I mean, I was I was obviously in a very privileged position that I was able to watch these games. You know, I mean, Ray and myself obviously were, were commentating. So um, we were we were at least trying to provide some service for the for the fans. But, um, you know, it, it, it is obviously a bit depressing because I think the other thing is that we would put so much into this competition because it was the first competitive football we'd had since the lockdown. You know, the fact that we couldn't continue the league season obviously is frustrating. But the fact that we had some clubs in a, you know, in a major competition there was that glimmer of hope, which has now been extinguished. But, you know, they did well to get as far as they did. And uh, and there's always next season. That's all. Uh, that's all I can say. Um, on this week's podcast, Jim has got his, his work cut out trying to lift me up. Because um, obviously I'm, I'm, I've got, I'm down in the dumps at the moment. So um, hopefully his week on Twitter will be a revelation. Um, but we will hear from our managers um We've got interviews with Stuart Henderson, the manager of Tavistock, and also Mike Parrish has kindly lent me um, his audio from the post-match interview we did with Lee Hobbs um, uh, after Parkway's defeat to Flatwell Heath. So we've got that coming up as well. And at the end of the podcast, we'll have a we'll have a little update for you on what's going on with the uh, the reorganisation process across uh, across the uh, across steps four, five, and. Uh, six as well so we've, we've, we'll give you a bit of an update on that um probably you, you you're well informed anyway but uh we thought it was sensible to sort of give you an update anyway um we'll kick things off then with Stuart Henderson and um uh, I caught up with Stuart following uh, Tavistock's FA Vars fifth round exit to United Services Portsmouth fortunately um a little bit of water had gone under the bridge so Stuart had had sort of time to think about and reflect upon not just the performance, but the campaign that Tavistock had mounted um, in the Vars this season. And I started off asking him for his reflections on that performance on Saturday. I'm just really disappointed in our performance. Um, it's difficult to um, put a finger on it. If I'm totally honest, and this is my views, I don't know if it's the club's views, but... 
I felt that the way um, Portsmouth conducted themselves, um, they had 30 players on the pitch before the game, all kitted up, doing the warm-up. Um, they had a lot of other people that came to the game as part of their backroom staff. And, you know, I don't know if the beats sound like sour, sour eggs or whatever the expression is, because we were beaten by the better team on the day. However... What was meant to be a home game for us, and obviously everyone knows with the COVID restrictions, there's no crowds in place. Um, they managed to generate an atmosphere um, and had, you know, at least 25 people behind their dugout drinking and cheering and shouting and all the rest of it, which, you know, certainly lifted their players um, and gave them an atmosphere which, you know, we struggled, um, you know, we struggled to have, you know, we've obviously no crowd. I'm not saying that's the reason we lost because, you know, ultimately they played better. But, you know, I think anyone who plays, you know, finds that the crowd does give them a lift. And, you know, what was a home game for us? Yes, behind closed doors. Um, when they've named 29 players and the club's only received it 10 o'clock the night before, it just seems to... I just feel that they've kind of bent the rules a little bit and I just, I don't like that, you know. I mean, the other challenging thing about this situation, of course, is that these these FA Vars games are being played in very quick succession. It was only a week ago I was watching your match against um, Bridgewater. And under normal circumstances, we know that even at this stage of the Vars, it's quite, it's possible to scout your opponents. But, I mean, how much did you know about United Services P Portsmouth going into this game? Well, only, you know, obviously we weren't able to watch them because um, because obviously you can't under COVID. Yeah. So it was just a question of, um, it was just a question of, you know, watching video clips. I did speak to some people in the area. But yeah, limited in all honesty. Um, some of the players that played, I didn't recognise from the clips that we'd watched. Um, but you know, when they've got sort of like 12, 13 players going in the dressing room 20 minutes before getting changed out of their warm-up kits and then going into the stand and drinking beer like it was some kind of party, it just, I just, yeah, I just don't really understand how they're allowed to get away with it, in all honesty. And, and that sounds really, that sounds really cynical from my point of view, but I just felt that, you know, if we probably have 30 people cheering us on, it would have, it would have certainly helped, you know. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, g given the you know, given what little you will have known about it, or about your opponents on the day. I mean, was there was there a battle of styles going on? Would you have set things up differently, perhaps, had you known more about uh, what you were coming up against on Saturday? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, for whatever reason, and we can't put a finger on it, our boys were flat. Um, it's a big game. Um, you know, playing for a place in the quarterfinals of the FA Vars is the furthest the club's ever gone in the competition. But unfortunately, um, rightly or wrongly, the boys are used to, you know, I'm not saying we have the biggest crowds, but, you know, we normally get on average 150, 160 at our games. Um, you know, it just felt very flat. You know, it was just basically the squad we had you know, a couple of members of people off the committee and a few helpers. So 
probably our party in total didn't amount to you know many more than sort of like maybe 20 21 22 people in total so that's players management and sort of like you know helpers around the ground where they've come down with a busload and named 29 players um whereas you can only you know obviously so that means that there's you know a number of players not even involved and you know obviously they've got their own reasons for doing that but I just felt that it kind of helped them because um you know they had an atmosphere and some supporters and you know that's no excuse the lads you know from our point of view knew it was a big game and I just felt that we went at it you know I wouldn't say anyone was particularly bad as a group um you know, we, we just weren't at the, the levels we normally are. Um, you know, obviously, could you say tactically that they worked us out? I don't think so. You know, they pressed us, which teams have done um, many times before. You know, we, you know we've obviously um, been a, a group of players. Yeah, of course, we change it, you know bring in a few but you know the, the nucleus of players have been together for you know five years um, and no we, we just we were just floppy from the start and they got a goal in front and then it was a mistake for the second goal and you know if it, you know we did pull a goal back but I'll be honest even at 2-1 in the first half we weren't great I thought our best spell of the game was 15-20 minutes into the second half where we did create a couple of chances. Um, the referee has given them a penalty. And, you know, it's hit, it's hit our guy's hand. He can't get out of the way of the ball. It's not hand to ball, but under the new rules, because it was heading towards goal, although he was on the edge of the box, or sorry, inside the box by about a yard. Um, referee said he's got to give it under the new laws. But we've gone up the other end, and we had one which looked like it was over the line, and we had one which we thought was a clear penalty, which we didn't get. Um, and then you throw in caution to the wind and, um, you know, they broke away and hit the bar. They broke away on another couple of occasions and our keepers pulled up good save. So, you know, it's always going to be like that when you're throwing caution to the wind. It's a cup game. You want to try and get back into the tie. Um, you're leaving yourself exposed. But, no, I just felt, for whatever reason, we weren't as intense. Um, a few of the lads, you know, after the Bridgewater game, complained of aches, pains, sores, and, you know, we're only a week to recover after having a long layoff. Although we did play friendlies before the Bridgewater game, it's probably not ideal preparation. Well, I can hear the disappointment in your voice, and I, I want to try and cheer you up because. Taking the disappointment of Saturday to one side, you still managed to get into this season's fifth round of the FA Vars. And, you know, not only... That would be an achievement under normal circumstances, but we have been living under very difficult circumstances over the last 12 months. You've come back playing very competitive football matches in very difficult circumstances. It's not just you, it's your players as well. You've had to do it without the benefit of your own supporters. Um, so, really, th there is... In what competitive football you've been able to enjoy since we've come out of lockdown, there is an achievement to be taken there. There is a positive for you and your football club. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, someone said at the start of the season, you know, you're going to be second in the league, you know, in the semi-finals of the League Cup, and 
you know, you you get to the fifth round as a vice, you'll probably take that. Um, but it's just disappointing, you know, we played, you know, I want to become clear that I don't want to take nothing away from Portsmouth because on the day they deserved it and they have got some good players and, you know, I, I wish them all the best in, in, the, in the next round. I just didn't like, um, you know, what I've described earlier that, you know, they've had a big entourage of people come, which is completely against the guidelines which, you know, I feel gave them an unfair advantage. Um, however, our performance on the day clearly wasn't good enough and the better team won. So, you know, I, I want to be clear about that. Um, yeah, you know, um, overall, um, you know, it, it, it's been good. It's just disappointing that, you know, if we'd won, we'd had a home tie and the draw's been made again yesterday for another home tie, you know. So under normal circumstances, you know, um, Tavistock is an affluent club and, you know, if we'd had gates, you know, for two or three of these games, you know, it would have made a massive difference to the club. But, you know, other clubs are in the same position as we are. Um, so, you know, we have to take it on the chin. Um, you know, we don't know if we're going up to the Southern League or not. We don't know if it's just Parkway or we'll go up as one of the best places, second place teams on our point of the game because it is quite high. Um, so, yeah. Um, we, you know, it'd be great if we had a promotion to celebrate, um, but but we don't know. But you could have a Les Phillips Cup to celebrate. You're going to have to wait a little while, but you will get an opportunity to get that um, get that result against um, Portsmouth out of the system. And um, you're coming up against a familiar foe in Bridgewater, and I can't help but feel that both of you will want to go into that game wa- wanting to finish this season on a high. Yeah, certainly. I, I think you know both camps. If we could, we'd play the game of the weekend because you're kind of in a situation now where the game isn't for, you know, nearly a month. Um, You know, yes, the boys can train. You know, a lot of other clubs have now finished for the season. Um, So it's even difficult to get friendly games. Um, So I don't really know why it's kind of so far down the calendar, you know, why it can possibly be brought forward. I know I just had a little bit of communication with the Bridgewater manager over the weekend through text, and I think he feels the same. He, he wishes it was sort of like now, rather having to wait all those weeks, because obviously the lads, you know, obviously we lost at the weekend, but the lads have got momentum. You know, we've been training, playing friendlies, had the game against Bridgewater and the game against Portsmouth. So, you know, now is the ideal time to play rather than have to wait for three or four weeks. After um, waiting for that semi-final, the final will come around pretty quickly and then there's yet another layoff to this very bizarre stop-start, stop-start season. I suppose, well, what frame of mind will you be in then? Will you need a rest or will you actually want to start planning for next season? Yeah, well, I think the boys will have a little break during June. But, you know, notoriously pre-season starts in July um, because the season starts in August and, you know, you obviously need that, you know, that that four-week period to get some more training in and obviously uh, schedule some friendlies. But it is bizarre. It's very difficult to plan. Um, And, you know, I feel that we've always been at our best, you know, when, you know, we've got momentum and, you know, playing Saturday, playing midweek and... um, you know, I think you're speaking to other managers, everyone's saying the same, it's so stop-start. And, you know, it is quite ridiculous, really. You've got like, a stadium like Tavistock where you can't have any supporters in and then 
50 metres away, you've got a kids' game going on with parents all around the pitch. So the rules, and the, again, this is my opinion, um, the rules just just don't make sense sometimes where you can have a big stadium, like I just said, with no fans in. But yeah, you can have a kids' game across the road um, with parents around the outside. So it just seems to be double standards, unfortunately. Yeah, well, hopefully the next time I speak to you, it will be when fans are allowed to watch, because um, that's really what the game is all about. But um, despite the disappointment of, of Saturday, Stuart, I really do think congratulations are in order for you and your football club um, for progressing as far as you have done in the FA Vars and flying that Western League flag. It's um, you know it's been important for for those of us in the league who you know dearly wanted competitive football to return in some way, shape, or form. We've been able to follow your your matches and um, that's meant an awful lot to an awful lot of people so congratulations on the success that you've achieved this season yeah no, I appreciate that Ian just you know it's just a shame we couldn't have gone a little bit further in the competition but yeah I appreciate your support and kind words if you're thinking Tool Station I know they'll save me money but do they have all the top brands you know DeWalt Makita Einhell Stanley Myra Kudox Nest and Santex yeah they do over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want to help enhance a save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. And my thanks to Stuart for his time. Now then, James, um, what have you got for us in the Twitter sphere? Um, I think I'll start with the first one of uh, certain Mr. Ian Knockholds running a, uh, a survey, uh, not associated with anyone, just on his own back about non-league football. So I've seen that tweeted a fair bit this week. So urging people to, to fill in the questionnaire, uh, which I'm going to sit down and do this evening when the snooker's on. I'm going to sit down and fill in the questionnaire and uh, hopefully a lot of other people will as well and clubs will and people will just uh, respond and then you can do some of your fancy pie charts for everybody anyway. Well, I, yes, I'm, 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 I'm in danger of getting myself into trouble here because um, this is definitely not an official Western League exercise. This is very much something I'm doing off my own bat. Um, listeners won't be surprised to hear that I'm, I'm not a broadcaster by profession. I think that we, we, I, I prove that every week. Um, uh, in my day job, I do run a market research business, so uh, my interest in non-league football and um, and market research um, has sort of prompted me to do this. But anyway, um, thanks very much for the plug, James. Let's get let's get back on the football. <laughs> back onto the football. Well, it is football related. Um, a good one was I know Parkway. We mentioned it. Parkway went out of the cup, but again, Mike produced a, a great video, ten minute long video of the highlights. Um, which again, very, very dodgy commentary on it, though, isn't there? Yeah, I was just about to say the commentary is very suspect. Um, with uh, very well put together, though, with the highlights, a uh, GoPro behind the goal, and uh, mixed it with your commentary, which isn't easy to do. I've done it a few times of syncing the commentary with the action. Uh, so a lot of time's been put into that, and again, it's come out looking really good. So uh, fair play to Mike, as we all know, he produces some some special content anyway. So. Hopefully he's had some good engagement despite the disappointing result down there. Um, another one was uh, an injury to uh, Archie Ferris at Clevedon Town. They tweeted today about uh, that he's had an operation on his knee um, and he's looking to get back at some point uh, next season. So um, I'm sure everyone will wish him 
all the best. They put up a picture of him with his uh, oxygen mask on, with his thumbs up, with uh, a needle in his hand. So uh, fingers crossed he's on the road to recovery already and uh, we'll see him back in action next season. Again, busy week with all our clubs with, uh, say, pre-season games, but friendlies that they're all... Uh, all playing at the moment. Obviously, they're still disappointed that it's behind closed doors, but um, there's a few little mini tournaments going on as well. I know Porter said are hosting a mini tournament with a few of the other local clubs. Um, again, behind closed doors, which is a real disappointment because I think I would have gone to go and watch a few of these games. I'm sure you would have, and I'm sure hundreds of other fans would have loved to be uh, able to go and watch some of the some live football but unfortunately the way things are at the moment we're not allowed but fingers crossed we will well, we've seen light at the end of the tunnel we'll be able to go and watch a few of these games but it's good to see that the clubs have organised these games amongst themselves in a little mini tournaments and that and they're all tweeting away with, uh, with how they're getting on so yes um, apart from that it's been uh, been quite a quiet week really just the normal uh, normal posts and just try to encourage people to engage with their fans and their sponsors really it's a nice easy tweet really isn't it like to tweet out about the sponsors thanking them and uh, i'm sure the the sponsors will appreciate a little tag on the uh, on the club feeds so yeah just uh, keep your feeds going basically and hopefully we'll be back to some fans in watching some live football so the fans can actually tweet about the games as well Absolutely. Um, but of course, nobody's going to be tweeting about anything um, over the bank holiday weekend, are they? Um, because we have, of course, the announcement from the Football Association and, and indeed a fair few other leagues as well, uh, including the Premier League, of course, um, and the English Football League, that uh, there's going to be a social media boycott. So that's going to make your job next week a little bit tricky, isn't it? Thankfully, there's no games on that we can report on because I can see why they're doing it. Um, but on the other hand, I'd be a little bit disappointed that the, we're not getting the coverage out there. If we had a full fixture schedule and it's coming down to like the crunch weekends of promotions, relegations. Um, so I can, I can say I can see why why they're doing it. Something needs to be done. Um, but if we were at the crunch of uh, like people going up and we want to report on that, we want to keep fans up to date. And I'm sure the clubs do as well. I would be a little bit disappointed if we had a full set of fixtures this weekend and we couldn't report on it. So thankfully we're in a position where we haven't and no one's been promoted or relegated and fans want to know because at the way, the way things are now, Twitter is massive for keeping fans up to date. And obviously we can't, with this again, I can see why it's being done. Something needs to be done because there's so many morons on there. But on the other hand, from a work point of view, I would be dis- I would be a little bit disappointed that we wouldn't be able to tweet. But of, of course, I can see why why it's being done because something doesn't need to be done because there's far too many idiots on there. It'd be fair to say, wouldn't it, that Twitter and Facebook and all the others they don't do they don't provide these platforms out the kindness of their heart. They they are in it to make money, and I guess that at an important time in the football calendar when there would be so many interactions, there would be so many engagements. Um, actually, the, the to boycott at this particular time is going to hit them really in the pocket. And if they won't come to the table to discuss how to combat online abuse and racism and and hatred, then um, hitting them in the wallet is the only way um, to make them see sense. 
yeah definitely yeah as you rightly said there the big games coming up think of the millions of people that would be on twitter normally and all the twitter ads and everything and i think you're right it's the only way that maybe they will take notice is if they're hitting the pocket unfortunately well um i know we're not exactly going to be um um you know we're not at the top of the list when it comes to sort of twitter engagements or anything like that we can't compete with the likes of the the premier league and and you know the big clubs but um we will be standing um, side by side with with those leagues, be all part of the national league system. We are one football family, and for what it's worth, Jim, I know that um, you know you and the league have taken the decision that we will we will participate in this boycott. But that's not necessarily something that we expect our member clubs to do. That's that's a matter for them, um, based on what they've got going on. Yeah, indeed, yeah, it's uh, up to the clubs really. I see a few have actually tweeted saying that they will be joining in the boycott. Um, and I'm sure most most will. Um, but you say we, as a league, we decided that we will join in arms with everybody else. And hopefully that will bring about some change. Now, um, let's move on to um, the interview that uh, Mike Parrish did with, with Lee Hobbs. I wasn't brave enough to have a chat with Lee after Parkway's defeat on Saturday to, uh, to Flatwell Heath. And to be fair, Mike did say to me that it's not often that he has to speak to Lee after a defeat, but unfortunately Saturday was one of those days. So thanks as always to, 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 to Mike uh, for the audio and also a huge thank you to Plymouth Parkway and the Devon FA for facilitating the, the Western League team of myself and Ray Johnson um, to come to um, uh, the, de- the headquarters of the Devon FA and um, and cover that match. But um, I'll leave you now in the capable hands of Mike Parrish, who's catching up with Lee after that disappointing defeat to Flatwell Heath. Lee, you've had a bit of time now to reflect on the game. Uh, your thoughts, please. We didn't turn up. Um, it's a tough one to take because, for me, arguably, we'd missed an opportunity here. So last year's quarter-final going out to Heber and they were better than us. Flackwell, just think they wanted it more than us. Um, and that was a different on the day. We, we arguably have waited this long, possibly to dish up our worst performance of the season. Um, and in knockout competitions, as I, as I keep banging the, the drum with, if you don't turn up on the day, do the basics right and not want it more, then you'll get beat. And that's what's happened today. All credit to Flackwell. Listen, it was an absolute wonder stroke for the second when the game was quite evenly poised and nip and tuck and the next big moment was going to be critical and and they, and they, and they, and they took the prize. Um, listen, uh, we're low, we're low. We're low, but really so, but we can't dwell on it. Um, obviously, that's it. Season's done. No training midweek. That'd be it. Everyone would go off on their holidays now. And conversations would be had with current players, new players possibly, hopefully without it being confirmed for an assault on the Southern League. I won't dwell on the game too much, but I don't often interview you after a defeat and that kind of says it all for Parkway. Yeah, 100%, as I've just said to the boys, and listen, it's, it's, crit- it's, it's as critical as I was for 10 minutes in there. The next five minutes I had to be, I could only give them positives because We've come off the back of a decent run in the bars. We've probably played 19, 20 games in all competitions and we've lost two, two and arguably lost one. So, look, you can only dig people out 
so much because collectively they've been absolutely superb for us um, and for the football club or for me and my staff and, and the football club so listen they had to be read the right act for, for, for a good 10 minutes because that's football um, but then they need to be lifted um, after that and, and obviously the bigger picture of hopefully what will be offered to us on Monday that's the next challenge for, for, for myself players and the football club and the supporters alike so it's exciting times new ground new league hopefully if we're accepted and um yeah things are looking good yeah i, I was going to touch on the things are looking good obviously everyone knows about the regenerate it's going to be amazing at belifel park hopefully the outcome is right for the leagues so we've got to throw it forward and look to the future and it, it like you say it is exciting this is listen it's it's, it's superb it's going to be amazing however for us to enjoy our surroundings, we need a team that's going to compete within the levels they're playing at within those surroundings. So there's a few question marks been asked, a um, little bit critical of some, and some might feel that the journey's for them, others might feel that it's not. So that's a conversation for me to have with players in the next three to six weeks, no doubt. Um, yeah, very exciting. And listen, I can't wait for Belival for Belival to be back buzzing. Um, new ground, new pitch, new fans. And listen, that's that's for the future, and it's not too far away. The season's over now for you, but reflecting back on it, is is there a favourite moment, or is it is it just it's um, it's done? I think we've had many. I genuinely think we've had many. Um, listen, when you're winning all the time you've got to savour every moment and that's why sometimes defeat it is tough to take but it's, it's part and parcel of the game and you ain't going to win every football match you play every game is different and it's just a case of how listen I don't want anyone to accept defeat but there's a way to lose at the same time and I've learned that over the years as well where sometimes you have to show a bit of class and a little bit of dignity and i'd like to think that i've moved on from some of the decisions that i've made in the past when we've lost but some um, look for here and now we're lower than a snake's belly and the boys need that hurt too hurt um but we can't dwell on it we can't let it elongate for too long it's it's at the end of the day we there's there's other things that are of more priority than losing but um yeah for now disappointed disappointed uh, and for flackwell obviously you you wish them well now for, now for the rest of the con they were a fantastic bunch of bunch of players and, and and the management uh saw you talking to the manager before and you wish them well now yeah as, listen when you go out of every competition and when 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 we knock teams out of competition the players and the staff they always say to you go on and win it and uh, before the game I had a good chat with marcus he's a, he's a good guy nice bloke as i do with most managers who, who, who come to us I, I like that side of the game um, listen they were a good outfit they, they had no frills don't get me wrong the boy who's, who's, who's won the game for them um, who scored the second goal we've already played at the higher levels but and what so it's over three quarters of my team that doesn't that's not that's not a thing for me you know he's um but in terms of, of the club, they've conducted themselves well and they, they look a nice, honest group and I'm sure they'll enjoy their bus journey on. Leader journey's over for now, but see you next season. Top man. Thank you. Cheers, Mike. And my thanks to Mike uh, again for his support. Now, uh, just before we wrap things up, James, um, there is other... Um, big news going on in the um, in the footballing world at our level of the pyramid, and that is the step four to six restructure. Now, this is something obviously we've discussed 
um, at um, uh, in in previous podcasts. But the the FA have, uh, have have sort of gone through their due process. The FA Council has approved the proposal that was put before them, and uh, we are now very much in the in the throes of this reorganisation. The FA this week have published information. Uh, regarding what they call candidate identification. So I can tell you that um, at step five, which is the Western League's Premier Division, three clubs will be invited to make an application and one of those clubs will be identified for um, upward movement. At step six, which of course is our first division, five clubs will be invited to make an application. Uh, three of those will be um, uh, eligible for upward movement. If you remember the, the system that they've used to identify um, uh, these candidates. It's a hybrid system using an unweighted points per game calculation based on the completed fixtures in both the 2019-20 season and the 2021 season. Now then, James, um, who are the runners and riders then? Uh, so from step six, uh, I feel like I'm on top of the pops. I've been watching that lately. Um, uh, the, the, the five are number one, Khan Town. Uh, number two, Ashland and Backwell United. Uh, number three, Caution Town. Uh, number four is Radstock. And number five, Wales City. Who are the runners and riders in the Premier Division? Yeah, the Premier Division, number one, uh, I think everyone was expecting Plymouth Parkway. Uh, number two, Tavistock. And number three is Exmouth Town. So a clean sweep for Devon there. OK, then, Jim. Well, those are the runners and riders in the... Uh, Western League, um, but um, obviously we know that uh, there will be movement from the Peninsula League and uh, the Western League is the only show in town for those clubs. So what have the FA's documents said about the teams that could be coming into the Western League from the Peninsula? Uh, so we've got the South West Peninsula East. There's four there. So we've got uh, number one is Ilfracoon Town. Um, number two is Millbrook, who Sherborne will know because they played them uh, last season. Uh, number three, Brixham, and number four, Torpoint Athletic. And then you've got the Southwest Peninsula West. Uh, number one is Saltash United. Number two, Helston Athletic. Number three is Mausol. And number four is AFC St. Austell. And there will be two teams coming from each of those divisions, won't they? So that's a total of four teams coming out of the of the peninsula. And um, from those rankings that you've given there, obviously, we, we've heard who the top two in each of those are. But um, four teams, of course, joining from the peninsula, three teams coming up from the um, first division and only one leaving um, from... The, uh, the Premier Division means that it, lateral movement is, is going to be an inevitability. So um, we can see a huge number of clubs just in this exercise being moved up. Um, we can expect, uh, you know, an equal number of clubs to be moved out of the Western League. And I think perhaps that's where our focus really needs to be on understanding the, um, the implications of, um, of what this process will mean to our league um, next season. Um, if we look at the criteria that the uh, successful applicant will have to meet, the FA have set this out in their document. And uh, as you would expect, there is an element of ground grading there. Um, there is also um, references to security of tenure uh, and, um, and, and information that would need to be provided about the club's um, financial position and their accounts um, and that, uh, that sort of thing. So plenty of paperwork for our um, clubs to do. And uh, that will need to be with the FA by midnight on Monday, the 3rd of May. 
and we are aiming to um, hear about the completed process, all of these allocations in the week commencing the 17th of May. So quite a quite a swift turnaround. And of course, as we get more information, um, we will be bringing that to you on the podcast. James, thanks very much indeed for your time and your assistance with the uh, with the arithmetic and by and and also cheering me up as well after the disappointment of those two FA FA Vars defeats. I'm sh- we've all got some Les Phillips Cup action to look forward to. Uh, in the Western League. Um, But for now, that's been James and myself on the Tool Station Western League podcast.